Fake! Deep fake. The future of fantasy storytelling is deep fake. Luke Skywalker is immortal. Thank you, deep fake. A lot of characters. Tom Cruise is on TikTok. Thank you, deep fake. But we are here on the Resistance broadcast. These are our actual faces. We're not deep faking. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on audio, you're like, I don't care I'm listening. Uh, but welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are excited to be back on our normal rotation. This is our discussion episode. Very excited, uh, to get into our topics. The will of the force is back. Uh, sorry for the spoiler and blow up James's spot there, but, uh, we're also doing a great discussion later in the show on how deep fake will impact the future of star Wars. Um, and we're going to chat about that from all different angles with me as always as i said james lacy uh what is going on do you guys um i mean we'll get into it later but um what do you think of deep fake just in general i think it's cool i think it's something that shows that technology is progressing and doing things that we could never have imagined even five to ten years ago is it a little it is a little scary because you don't know what people might use it for and what i found is that while there are a lot of us people that listen to this podcast the three of us that will look at something and be like that doesn't look real that looks off there are some people that look at the dumbest photoshops and will be like oh my god i can't believe that and you're like how do you not see that this is fake mm-hmm. like i James was watching the tinder swindler i don't know if you guys watched that docu or documentary on netflix about the guy that was I like watched getting a little people- bit yeah he had a picture of himself with this rich guy being like, that's my dad. And you could see the the like drop shadow outline. And I was like, that's clearly photoshopped. But apparently people look at things like that and they're like, nah, it's fine. And also yeah. that element of sometimes, you know, if he was courting somebody and they fell for him or whatever, like people will will themselves to believe Oversee something it, yeah. to to avoid the hurt yeah Yeah. i know that's like i obviously that's a bad example in that sense but i'm saying in the sense of people looking at things and being like oh that must be real and you're like no this is there's this isn't right no that's not possible and and speaking of the deep fake thing you know like r.i.p like james on monday said r.i.p to millie bobby brown playing young leia uh r.i.p to sebastian stan playing luke skywalker as far as uh we can tell he still says never say never he still says maybe in interviews well, of course he will. He'll take that yeah. paycheck. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. like J- James always points out to people who toss out that image of Mark Hamill slash Sebastian Stan. He's like, this is not a person. <laughs> yeah, it's not a real person, guys. It's, they're not. They didn't cut out his face and put it on Mark Hamill. So like the yeah, yeah. It's it's just real small elements of both of them mixed together so it's like it's not a real person if you go look at that instagram account it's full of not real people and it's like known for that that's what that person does is like i take two celebrities and i merge their faces to be together and you can like you can like kind of see it you're like oh that does kind of look like the rock but it also kind of looks like you know it's like a fan or whatever yeah, it's like yeah. yeah, but it's like a really crazy done version because you're like that looks like a real person and it's not yeah. it's a fake person. Yeah. So like when I look at that image and everybody's like, doesn't he look just like Mark Hamill? I'm like, of course you're gonna see it. You're gonna see Mark <laughs> Hamill yeah. in him. But if you take the Mark Hamill out of it, he just looks like a different person, you know. 
But yeah. I mean, I think he looks similar. I think he looks similar. But my, for some reason, is like, I'm just, I'm so sure of that one thing that it's like my soapbox and I stand on it every time it pops up. Cause I'm like, stop thinking this guy, like, you've only ever seen one photo, one photo that has sold like the entire Star Wars community that this would be the perfect pick. And it's not even real. It's not a real photo, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just true. crazy to me. But I mean, Look, I like Sebastian Stan as an actor and oh, yeah. um and like I think like if they were going to pick somebody that looked like remotely like him, you know, whatever, sure, that's fine, but it just yeah, irks yeah. me that it was this this one person. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know about deep fakes in general. I think like um it's just like fast moving technology and there's a lot of information just in like take visual effects and stuff out and Photoshop stuff out of it. There's just so much information about life and and what is true that is just so confusing like that you know it's just too impossible for people to navigate at this point so throwing deep fakes in there is just another thing for people to say like is that real or is that not it just may it just kind of means that we're living we're moving into a world where like it's really hard to find what is true and this that's just another element of it and it's just you have to navigate it and the truth of the matter is some people are going to say that is true and other people are going to say it's not and in fact like part of this conversation too is is uh that we'll get into it is like the tarkin and leia thing people spotted leia but didn't even know that Tarkin was CG or not. And it's like, I I don't know how you don't tell, like in my personal Mm -hmm. opinion, we'll get into it later. I think Leia looks better than Tarkin, but yeah, but I, I, there's just something there that like, when you don't know, you just assume like, Oh, this is real. This is like, why would anybody lie about this? But I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You're lying about Leia looking better than Tarkin. So I'm not, I'm not, I've, I've had that opinion for a long time. Um. All right. So, uh, no, we're gonna have a chat all about uh, deepfake and and mainly just how we think it might impact the future choices they're making with Star Wars. Sure. Um. So that should be a fun one later. Um. Uh, but first, we're gonna uh send this thing over to James to take us through an oldie, but a goodie that's back in its rightful spot. There you go. I fear nothing for all this. As the Force wills it. Uh, John, we're doing Will the Force. Very excited to have it back. Um, and uh, we have a couple uh, questions coming specifically from patrons, which is which is always awesome. Love doing that. Uh, but we wanted to talk a little bit about the Patreon submission before we get true truthfully into the questions. So before we start those questions, uh, if you love what we do here on the show and you want to support us, consider signing up for Patreon at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, it helps uh, the support helps to improve the podcast and expand on what we're doing and tears start at just $2 a month. It's not really even that crazy. Uh, as a thank you, patrons of every tier are going to receive exclusive exclusive weekly bonus episodes and perks and other cool benefits as you move up the ranks, as we call them, in the resistance. Uh, so you'll start getting mailings. Uh, there's a Discord server, your ability to submit questions to the show, including this segment right here, Will the Force. So if you are able to support us, hop over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and sign up because from the three of us, it seriously means a lot. Um, let's get into one of those uh, Patreon submissions from Commander Mark at the D- 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 Kind of Vacans. 
to kind uh, of vacants. <laughs> Uh, Mark wanted to know, will Mando's N1 Starfighter survive beyond season three of The Mandalorian? A little bit of precedent for his uh, ship blowing up. Lacey, what do you think about the uh, new N1 Starfighter? I think it's awesome. I love the story behind it. I love how it ties it to the prequels. It gives, you know, it's an Easter egg in itself. It's got that little pod for Grogu to sit in, which is like such, it's like a sidecar type thing, which is so Mm -hmm. cute. Uh, I think it is. It's going to stick around. I think that's his ship moving forward. And the other one was too clunky for him. Uh, I love it. I love the Razor Crest. But I think this one's just like really slick and cool and kind of fits in with who we've gotten to know and the fact that he has the dark saber and what trouble he's going to get into probably in season three. Uh, so I'm going to say yes. It will survive. John? I'm going to say no. Really? Because, yeah, because... There's the scenery element of the living room in space in Star Wars that I think is very important to character interaction and storytelling. Some of the best scenes in The Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope take place in a big room inside the Millennium Falcon where Mm. multiple characters can interact and stuff. And yeah, we saw the interaction between him and Grogu, but that seems limited to me. Like they did that one bit where he's tapping on the glass but how many times is that going to happen where we're like, oh, he's tapped on the glass again. Now he wants like a cookie or something. I, I think it'll stick around and maybe someone else will use it. I'm not really sure. But I think he has to get something that has like a living space in it so that we can get more of those types of scenes we saw in the first season. The and in the book of Ofet, that, that is a good point because his ship yeah. has that whole scene. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I thought uh, I think the ship is cool because I like the fact that it ties to the prequels and uh, it's a little souped up uh, and I love Pelimato and all that stuff. But I think for the sake of the storytelling, I, I think you need something with more of a scenery like living space type of where characters can interact. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it is going to stick around. Um, but now that, John, you're saying that that's a good point. And the only thing I can think to maybe think like why this thing would stick around uh, and still have that is maybe he has a larger ship where he can dock. So it's kind of like oh, the Rebels answer, yeah. and the the Phantom. Like they have kind of both ships that they, that come together. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So he could kind of dock it when when you need to use it. Um, but my my first thoughts, and I was trying to reconcile why this is a good choice. He had the Razor Crest so that he could carry bounties. And he it got blown up, and he went back to bounty hunting. And he asked, he said, "I thought you said you had another Razor Crest." So his mindset was on this. Once he built it, he used it very shortly for travel. But now, if he's back with Grogu, I don't know that he's doing the bounty hunter thing anymore. So he's going to have a purpose to like keep this as a thing because he doesn't have to carry passengers around um, right. as much. So. So I don't know, I but I but I do kind of think like uh, it it probably I it would be kind of dumb to blow it up again and have the same thing happen, you know. I don't know. Um, but let's move on to the next question here. Uh, uh, it says people have speculated that Emphasis will appear in Andor, but being that Obi Wan Kenobi takes place the same time as Solo, does it make sense? Will Emphasis Nest appear in the Kenobi series? So I'm going to jump to you, John, on this one first. Uh, what do you think about Emphasis Nest showing up in Kenobi? I think it'd be cool, but I don't think she's going to show up there. I don't know how much of this series is going to involve the Rebellion, which is where she's rooted in, and that's her 
mission, her drive during this time. Um, and I think this takes place very slightly after Solo. So she's even more entrenched in it. Um, because Obi-Wan doesn't re-enter the rebellion and stuff until, you know, Luke's aunt and uncle die. And so I don't know. I think there's going to be a big empire presence in the show, but not a big, that big of a rebellion presence. That's just a guess. I think they want to keep it very central focused on our main protagonists without being this mishmash of all these heroes and rebels and stuff. I think they're saving that for the Rogue One and the New uh, New Hope type stuff. So I'm going to say Infant's Nest will not show up, but um, Andor would be cool. But not, I don't think I don't think she's going to show up in Kenobi. Yeah, so Andor's a couple years later. They, you know, it makes sense maybe for the character, but they'd have to age her up. So then, does it make more sense to have her in Kenobi, Lacey? Yeah, I don't think she's going to be in Kenobi. I agree with all the things that John said. Um, I think she fits better in Andor. I, I, I can't see how she would play into the story of Kenobi, and I think that's what's keeping me from saying yes. Even though I love that character, we call her Infa's best here. Uh, that we, I'd love to see her anytime, but I just don't know how she would fit into the story. Like John said, it just, it seems like it would be just too much for the six episode series that they're doing. Whereas Andor, they have multiple seasons. They could go into that kind of rebellion side of the story. Um, so I'm going to say no. Yeah. I'm also going to go no on this one. And I think John put it the best. He kind of answered it for all of us. I, I don't know that I even would have said what you said John specifically, but that that is like what's in my heart is that there's something about Andor that has felt like he's been in this fight and he is fulcrum and and the 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 changing of the tides can come down to one person and who these people are across the galaxy. It just feels like that's the point of that show. And this character exists roughly around the same time. So it just seems to connect a lot more than when you think about Obi-Wan Kenobi, who at this point in time was not fighting back, really. Like, very clearly didn't decide to start fighting back or get back into the fight until after Rogue One happens, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all the Andor stuff is over. So um, so I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that would be the theme of this show. So I, I think we're all on the same page on this and sticking to it's a good thought though time wise that that character could show up um we have another uh patron uh one of our commanders zach stitch wanted to ask us a question so oh new guy yeah you know what he did zach he went to the he went to resistance or patreon.com slash resistance broadcast opened it up went to the will of force (laughs) questions and uh and dropped this in the comments will we see more Cobb vanth it's a very straightforward question, but it's one that has to be answered. And I'm shooting over to Lacey first on this one. What do you think? Zach, great question. Hands down, yes, 100% we will. He was in the kind of little end credit scene, getting all fixed up in the Bakta tank. He's got the robot guy there that's ready to throw some droid parts in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> mix them on in. Uh, I think he's going to take over Jabba's palace and kind of overseeing Tatooine, which is what we saw from Boba Fett because... We talked about in the Mano Fan Show. It's like this weird thing where Boba Fett was like, this is my town now. And then at the end, he's like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So it kind of just hands it off to Cobb Vanth. I could also see him sticking around for the bigger story that's happening between these series. That's like this intertwining cinematic building up thing for this epic finale that they had mentioned. 
Um, so yes, absolutely. John, same, same thoughts gotta be right. Um, yeah. And I know he, um, Zach, I know you put the uh, space Raylan in your question mm-hmm. too, but I don't know if a lot of people saw, um, justified, justified, but yeah, I think we will see Cobb Vanth and you know, he's known for having a quick draw, but I think whatever they hook him up with, it's going to be almost like a superpower now where he's going to have an even faster draw because he's going to have like a, uh, Android shoulder. Um, so I think that'll be something they could explore that could be very cool for the character, but uh, he seems like the the true heir to the quote-unquote throne because he actually cares and he spent his time there, whereas opposed to, you know, everyone who has gone through Jabba's Palace did it for selfish reasons for the most part. Right. He would want to, you know, restore Freetown and, and take care of the people it's of Freetown his, now. Of his um, cities. So, uh, and I, I Timothy Oliphant's awesome. So I yeah I hope so. It, it just makes sense. They wouldn't show him like like Lacey said in the Bakta tank, if it was just like then that then he went off and ran a deli somewhere and that was it. That was the end it's of Cobb Vanth. It's not even the Bakta tank. It's the fact that the 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 modder is there. It's so right. very clear like that this character is going to be brought <clears throat> back or modified or done something that I mean. Like maybe he's dead and they're only they're gonna completely cyborg him or something. Like I I don't know. Oh, but it, like Robocop. No, I know. I well, I'm I'm just saying, but it doesn't it it doesn't change the fact that like Timothy Oliphant is gonna be the person who plays in the whatever character it is or you know what I mean like in live action like whatever no matter what there's a reason that Stinger exists. We're absolutely getting more of that character. They they right. wouldn't have put that there. Um. And uh, I think you're right that it, that it makes sense. Like uh, it almost seems like they're they were teeing up uh, him being the marshal of Tatooine, like the planet, uh, and and having bigger cities and and being more in control. Because he says, "I don't think this gig is for us. If not if not us, then who?" Right. And then it's like, "Well, we don't know." Oh, oh, after credit scene. Cobb Vanth. It's like, and they should have put an arrow being been, like this guy. Yeah. If that guy were a cowboy in an old cowboy movie, he would have been the guy wearing all white. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> not right. The, not the cowboy wearing all black. Yeah. Right. So it just, uh, he, he's, it seems like he's totally suited to be that, that character. And they're going to bring him in because he's just, he's, at some point, he's just going to be like a fan favorite when he shows up and you see him, you're like, oh, heck yeah. You know? glad he's back it's so crazy to think that guy was in a book character like a not even in the book like subcategory of book um we got one more question here and it's going to tee up the discussion will lucasfilm go back and improve leia and tarkin in rogue one and even luke in the mandalorian possibly with the latest cg technology used for luke in the book of boba fett it's kind of a crazy situation we talked very lightly on monday about it but we knew this was coming because of of how we record our episodes but uh (laughs) i'm jumping to you john what do you think about um them improving leia and tarkin uh well since we're gonna hop into the discussion on it i'm just gonna keep it quick and i think they will make those types of updates all right Lacey. i'm going to make it a little complicated uh, yes to Luke, no to Leia and Tarkin. Oh. Oh! So they'll, they'll update <laughs> Luke and the Mandalorian, you're saying? Correct. Interesting. Um, Season two. 
I get that. Yeah, I get that. I'm going to say no. So we're all we're all over the place. Yes, no, go. and maybe, I guess, kind of, or uh, somewhat. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's going to wrap up Will the Force. That's kind of a, a <clears throat> teaser as how this discussion might go. Um, we'll talk a little bit about, about it, but, John, I'm going to hand it off to you. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right, yeah, our main discussion for this episode, how deepfake will impact the future of Star Wars. So, um, you know, while the, re the reaction to the choice has been mixed, it's hard to argue against how incredible Luke Skywalker looked in the Book of Boba Fett. I think that's fair to say. Um, now, this latest advancement and application of deepfake technology has changed the game for Star Wars in a very short period of time. So let's talk about what impact this technology will have. Does this mean more appearances of characters whose actors have either aged out of the role or even passed on? Uh, how far will Lucasfilm take it as far as implementing it? Will they use technology to update previous efforts like we just talked about in the last question? So let's talk about this new technology, how it's constantly evolving and seemingly getting better, and how it could influence the future stories of Star Wars. Um, so I was obviously thinking about this because that was... Certainly a, I don't want to say controversial, but there were a lot of different nuanced varying opinions from fans on how this has been used. Um, there is certainly a population of people who like, well, just recast the characters, get human actors in there. Um, I'm not that way because I, and I always use this example, I have a hard time connecting a different actor to someone who was already, an, a, a character that's played by someone else in a similar timeline so like the prequel stuff is different to me like the nuance to explain that sometimes is tough i understand going back and picking a younger actor to play a younger version because people look different when they're younger um so or in Alden, some ways Aaron Reich and or in some ways older like back when the original trilogy came out you had like um oh am i crazy i was gonna say like the older anakin but it was like okay because it was the old. He was the only person we saw. Yeah, yeah I can't. At that time. I'm sorry. Yeah. But then yeah. the prequels, no, no, no. The prequels did come out, and there was it was still kind of shaky there for a little while. But yeah, yeah. But it's also just that balance. You know, some people feel like it's a moral issue. I don't want to. I'm from. I mean, if you guys want to get into that, that's fine. I, I don't want to really harp on that element of it. I, I'm just thinking of now that they have the technology. Are they gonna? You know, is this gonna change decisions they make about? you know, oh, let's do more Luke stories and let's do more of this. Or is it going to be just stuff where they pepper these people in? Uh, it's certainly a very interesting thing and they could do a lot more if they're going to keep exploring these stories that take place in between other existing things like the Tarkin stuff and, and Leia and stuff like that. Um, it, it's exciting in a way because I loved seeing Luke Skywalker show up and I'm glad it wasn't recast. Like, I don't, have you guys ever seen Silence of the Lambs? No. Yeah. Either of you? No? So you know Jodie Foster, all of them, but so I know, I know Julianne Moore was Jodie Foster, right? So so Jodie Foster played Clarice Starling in right. Silence of the Lambs, and then Julianne uh, Moore played it, right? Nominated for Oscars, and then they come back with Hannibal. They keep Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, and and Julianne Moore plays Clar Clarice Starling, and it just took I couldn't take the movie seriously because of it. So that's I, ever since that moment, I've always been sort of 
uh, for the suspension of disbelief belief aspect, which I really love applying to Star Wars. I like pretending I'm go- that's a real place I'm going to in a galaxy far, far away. I The, the recast thing, I, I rule out. So I do lean more towards in favor of this deep fake stuff, um, especially if you're not going to make it a main lead. Like Luke coming in for two minutes, I think is cool. I don't think they're going to do a full series on Luke like this. Do you guys? Depends on how mm. easy it is. I don't future. think so. Because I think the voice is the thing that they haven't gotten right yet. The voice sounds a little soulless. The voice didn't bother me that much. I feel like everyone keeps saying that. It didn't didn't bother me. It felt like he was being reflective to me. To me, it felt... Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it did. I think we're thinking of Luke Skywalker. Like when we think of uh, Return of the Jedi, we're picturing specific moments. But this... The Luke that we saw in, uh, in... Book of Boba felt. I, felt, I understand. Felt very that, yeah. at peace. He could be calm. He could really talk through his words, kind of a thing. There wasn't any immediate danger. Like he wasn't like three PO, get over here. You know, kind of that yeah, thing yeah, yeah. or whatever. So I think like I we, said, hear, <laughs> we hear that in our head is like that's that's young Luke. That's Return. Of, that's Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Return yeah, of the Jedi, Luke. Yeah. And it's like the times. Okay, take that out for a second and go back to like when. Luke is standing in front of Jabba and he's saying, yes. these two droids, you know what I mean? It's like, that's, no, I, you know what I, I mean? I know. <laughs> yeah. I agree well, that, with you. I agree well, with I'm, you. I'm making the argument of like, I heard that too. Like a lot of people are like the voice a little weird. And I'm like, are we at that point now where like the average person can see the difference between like 1080 and 4k, but like most people can't hear the difference between like MP3 or wave or flack, you know? Um, those types of files, uh, like true lossless flack. audio, lossless audio, it's a fi- file format for lossless audio, but it's like, like that's like title, for instance, they, they prided themselves on, they were streaming lossless audio and it's like, people don't care about that. Uh, so like Spotify and Apple music, they, you know, they were lower quality audio streams, but they just had more content, which is what people cared about. I think it also just played into the critique that people were like, why do we keep going back to Luke Skywalker? Which I was like... I think that was part of it, too. You can't so that's keep a having part Harry the... Potter movies without Voldemort or Harry Potter. So, <laughs> so Lacey, you you know, you know, got into Star Wars mainly. Uh, Luke was like your first main... You wanted yeah. to be Luke Skywalker, main right? Squeeze. So, what up, Mark? Hamill? So how do you feel like... I know you loved what we saw yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. Is it a thing for you where you're like, let's go, let's keep advancing the technology, give me more Luke as long as Mark Hamill's cool with it and blah, 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 and, or expand it? Or are you like, just pepper him in once in a while so it's special? Like, where are you with the use of it for, because Luke's obviously right now so far the the biggest attempt they've done. Uh, so he's a good measuring stick. So where are you at with like uh, how they're using Luke and whether they should, where they should move the needle on which way? So I'm going to stand by a similar answer I gave for another prompt about technology or fixing things, um, which would have to be if the story calls for it. I think people are quick (laughs) to say, hey, why do we need Luke? And I'm like, well, you needed him to tell this story. You needed him to progress Grogu's story, to have Ahsoka there, to, to get everything together it needed to be Luke. And they talk about in the gallery season two gallery series about how it had to be Luke and like, who else would it be? And that's coming from Dave Filoni. So I think 
for me, I loved this. I loved Luke. I thought his voice sounded great. I thought it sounded like James said. I do too. The yeah. Luke. I'm not saying you didn't, John. I'm just saying people online were very critical of it. I, I think it sounded very much like James said perfectly because that's what I was thinking of. The Luke at going to Jabba. The very calm, collected, I'm thinking everything through, trying to present myself in a way that I'm in control. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's how I came across with this Luke is I was like, oh, this isn't the crazy, wacky, urgent at the end of his rope has to think quickly, Luke. This is the Luke that's had time to go through all these big, crazy things like his dad was t- ruining the universe uh, and is now trying to do the right thing and teach a child. Like because even though Grogu's older than we think he is because of his appearance, he's still the child and luke is speaking to him like he's a child you don't speak to a kid all crazy and animated you speak to them calmly and this is coming from someone that now has a kid so i can say that with actual (laughs) belief that you don't Mm. talk to a kid in crazy emotion like you would talk to 3po or anybody else Mm -hmm. um i i loved what they did and and i think that if they want to keep bringing him up in the story it makes sense i don't think they should move forward with like a luke series I think that's a little much. I think that, you know, it it is a disservice to the role that Mark Hamill played in his early years and in his later years to have someone else just constantly be plastering on his face and like playing a whole role as himself. But moments yeah. like this, I'm sure Mark also stands by of telling the story of Luke and creating that more big picture, like getting through the details and like kind of erasing like a foggy mirror of who luke skywalker is um because otherwise we're just kind of always going to wonder and i as a luke fan is always going to wonder like what happened during this time period they're giving you those glimpses without telling you too much um so i stand by that and then going back really quickly to my uh will of the force answer the reason i say the show and not the movies is because the movies exist in so many different places, whether it be digital or on DVD or on Blu-ray or, you know, they're playing on TV and whatnot. They're harder to correct because there's so many different versions around, whereas <laughs> The Mandalorian is streaming only on Disney+. Plus. We've yeah. already seen them fix Gene's guy. I'm sure they're going to fix that mistake they made in Book of Boba Fett where you literally from bird's eye view see a fake set piece. Uh, like down into a hollow set street piece. Well, they took out um, the helicopter too. And and the five. helicopter, exactly. So I could see them going back and fixing this and it, you won't even, you know, for people that then f- stumble upon it, it won't even be something that they come across. It will can just I, be what it is. Can I get Mando the, on Blu-ray, by the way? Please? No, you no. can't. No, yeah. no, I, no I, I, no, I know I can't. I'm saying, can I get it, please? You oh, know. I'm back into that. The, the, yeah. The, <laughs> the opposite, the... <laughs> The other side of that, in in my opinion, is that I know they're making changes to those mm-hmm. files. Like we saw it like this. Without telling now, you, if they're you just making there, them. They're making the changes. But I think I've gotten the impression that when all of this stuff was under Lucas's watch, he mm-hmm. had a different mindset of how this stuff was, is you know, he's in control of it. That's my piece of art and I can change it if I want. And when it got, when it got switched over to Disney, they have not done that at all. They are more into preserving what it is. And that's how Hal um, felt about it with the Jabba thing. He was like, no, we'll never change it. We'll leave it as it mm -hmm. is. 
So, and they're always yeah. like, when we brought this in, the, you know, these were Lucas's changes. And yes, there was the Disney Plus change with the, the, Greedos is the funny word or whatever. Oh, no, McClunky. Um, oh, McClunky, McClunky and all that. But again, those changes were not under Disney. Like, those were Lucas changes that they were like, okay, well, we'll update these because these are the most final versions of what his true vision was. Well, right? yeah. So my thing is like, okay, Disney may make these little crazy aesthetic changes when it comes to like a mistake that they made, but I think they're still in the spirit of saying like, that was the art at the time. That's where we were and we want to mm-hmm. preserve that because that is what it is. Constantly going back and updating all these things along the lines are probably just going to cause more controversy than us keeping it what it is. And I like nobody's really going to be mad that we got rid of Jean's guy that wasn't precious to anybody. But when it comes to like, I remember the moment when I was there and I saw this face and those were the effects at the time. It's almost like you're cataloging history. Sure. And I feel yeah. like it's I feel like it's more important to Disney to do that than to go back and update something like Leia's face or That's why I said or, that. For like the movies to me seem kind of untouchable. Yeah, That's like what, we we create we I didn't just replace that. the face of this actor in in as Tarkin. We created a fully <clears throat> CG character and that's a mark of the time for technology. What like we that's were where we of. were. Yeah. And we and if we just change that, Oof. then it becomes muddy and we don't know where we were at or what we were doing. And Lucas had that vision, that, but I don't think Disney does. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I I don't know because I think they're at a point now where like Hal Hickel's saying like we're not gonna change Java because that because that was George Lucas's stuff that he put his stamp on. They don't want, I don't think they want to go back and change George Lucas's stuff now that he no longer has it. They're going to there's that line there that anything he changed back then is probably going to stay the way it is. I think anything that they've owned since then I don't I don't see why it'd be a problem for them to make the updates the same way George Lucas would have made updates to his stuff. Um but that's especially very uncommon you, in Hollywood to begin with. Like Yeah, but Lucasfilm never really works under the same guides uh, as Hollywood ever. And they are always the ones who are ahead of the game anyway. I just think for a franchise and a company that is so focused on continuity to the point where they're giving us a CG version of Mark Hamill instead of doing a recast, it would seem to me if they're going to do something like like on Monday, Matt Chitty, our patron, did his pod race and he said, I want to see, I'd love to see Tarkin with the new technology in Obi-Wan. If we're going to get that Tarkin in that era, which takes place before Rogue One, you're supposed to watch that, then the Rogue One version, and then go back to the actual Peter Cushing in A New Hope. I, I would rather them fix it. Now, whether they do or don't, I don't know, but I've seen the guy, I think it's the guy who did the Luke stuff that they hired to come in to improve Luke for Book of Boba Fett, do a deep fake of Rogue One Tarkin, and it looks a billion times better than Rogue One. And that's not an insult at all to ILM, because mm-hmm. I understand what Hal Hickel said. They took what we did and mapped over it, but they did also bring the guy in to do a better Luke. And yeah, I, I sometimes just, that's I just been th- the argument as people said, then ILM, do that. Create whatever you created and then just do a deep fake over it because and also, the end result no offense, is... 
better. No offense right. to Rogue One, because I think it's so funny. Like James, like your movie is Rogue One, and like mine's Solo. As far as like the also, it's crazy stuff. that Rogue One was only six years ago. Like we're not talking a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, like you have the issue with the end of Solo with the extra note and the and the things. I have an issue with them. I, I think they should have just kept uh, the view from Leia from behind and have her and take Tarkin the plans. And Tarkin in the reflection. If they kept Tarkin yeah. reflecting off the glass, it would have been perfect to me. Tarkin had a bigger role. He yeah. was like actually yeah, he had lines usurping. And... Yeah. yeah. Well, the like Leia lines, thing, but... all she had to say was hope. If she had just turned to even do like a side profile or something, I didn't need to see her face. It didn't look I don't good even think me. she had to say hope. I think he could have just handed it to her. And then it could have ended that way. With her, I agree. The, her but, buns but that's a, you know, and, and, yeah. and that's a nitpick. But did, so do you guys think because they have the technology, they're going to be enticed to explore it more and maybe bring back familiar characters like a Tarkin or even Han, Luke, Leia and that sort of stuff? Um, there is that wide gap between Return of the Jedi and, you know, in where the Mandalorian's working and 30 years until The Force Awakens. They could even, if they wanted to, do a 55-year-old Han Solo in between, like way in between. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and get Harrison Ford to do something there. It doesn't have to be young Harrison Ford. They can push up 10 years before The Force Awakens and say, let's explore them here for a little bit. Like, there's a lot they can do. I have a feeling because they have the technology, they're, they're going to be more enticed to do that. Now, that's going to upset the people like Lacey brought up saying like, oh, enough with Luke Skywalker already ready to tell new stuff. They are doing that. We got High Republic. They're they're now writing a timeline book, which, by the way, congrats to Clayton Sandell, her buddy, who was uh, co-writing that, which is said predating the New Republic or, or the High Republic. They're exploring other areas so that they can still play in this area, too. So it's like, eh, if you don't want to eat at this buffet... You don't like Luke Skywalker? Go over here. Check this out. So I think it's fine to do like both. Um, and also, you know, the Disney aspect, like Luke Skywalker's money, Darth Vader's money, that sort of thing. <laughs> so, and, and and the voice is a big part of this to me, in my opinion, the the deep pig voice stuff. And now that makes me think like Darth Vader can, is literally immortal in Star Wars now because they can they can probably perfect James Earl Jones's voice to, at this point, And you just got to get a big dude who knows how to move like David Prowse and you have Darth Vader for however long you want Darth Vader. So they can like in 30 years, who knows we're or still C-3PO. podcasting. They could do a Darth Vader series then like, right. you know what I'm saying? So right. there's a lot they can do with the voice stuff, which I think is a big part of this like deep fake thing. But in terms of the face stuff, do you think they're going to go there with some of like these minor and big characters? I'll let James go. Go ahead, James. Um, yes, I do. I, I, I think that the technology exists and the way they're going to treat it is similar. This is loose, and I'm sure probably some listeners are not going to take to this example, but like you have this movie that was, you know, the adventures of these characters. And as soon as they broke out into expanded universe books and things, sometimes those books don't always me- mesh with you know what it was, but the, the people writing the books were interested in telling more stories and more adventures of these characters. And those in a lot of ways became like the Canon. That's, that is what happened to those characters before and after. And I think that if you're going to say that a book or any type of story that's like written or animated or anything along those lines is just another storytelling device 
then our technology has moved beyond just like writing the story and having you know billions of people be able to under picture that in their head we're moving to a point now where our technology is creating it through a visual means and the be, people being able to see and hear it um and I, so it's just a storytelling device and i i understand that like you said earlier we you know there's the moral epic uh moral argument and like what does this really mean and sometimes in a lot of ways too like do you guys remember a couple years ago they were talking about like bringing um not john wayne but someone like that back for a movie and they were gonna kind of do what they did with leia um and it just brought in all this other stuff because it was like why don't you hire an actor because there's a there's an actor out there that wants a job that could make a living on this and you're denying them that to live in that nostalgic world where just like from now on it's like ready player one and the only people who are ever in movies are just like a billion bruce willis movies a billion like you know what i mean like we're gonna all these actors are gonna create their legacy and then just sell their likenesses and and everything yeah. to studios and yeah. just make royalties on yeah. them for years to come so are, are all movies from now on just going to be Tom Cruise movies forever? You know? Right. Right. Cause we're at that point. Um, so the question is like, there's some, there's not, it's not just moral of like, is it right to bring someone back from the dead or it, not this, but it's also moral as like a job, uh, thing. Like we're, we're denying future actors, the ability to become <laughs> actors because we just want to live in the nostalgic virtual fake dream or whatever. Mm -hmm. all, mm -hmm. all that to be said, Let's do it. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit. I, I how, think how it's far? cool. I think the technology is neat. Like I want to see stories of Luke and Han and Leia together. And I think if we're 10 years down the line and we can make video games where it's like indistinguishable between like certain actors and stuff like Mark Wahlberg or whatever, like you want to put them in this video game and it's indistinguishable. Like, cool. That's neat. I like that. That That's a fun idea. Can we do that with Star Wars? Wow, that would be really cool. I'd love to see young Luke and Leia and Han back in the world, like post Return of the Jedi, like adventures or whatever, you know? It's exciting. Mm -hmm. It is. To me. I, I agree. A video game is different, but I understand what you're saying. But, I just, but how I can't... different? Like, if the characters really look indistinguishable from, from video, like, if you can tell the difference between a playable character and you're controlling it versus like the live action show, like what ultimately is the difference between the storytelling device there? Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like, feel like a video game is easier to sell that because it's just a different graphic element. Whereas you need to be looking at a real human in, um, in a show. I don't know. Like, my, I guess one of my bigger questions is like, say they did do what you just said and say, Han, Luke, and Leia, let's tell some stories um, on the younger scale or whatever, where they really got to hammer in with the likeness from post Return of the Jedi. Like, I don't know that they could do a lead of one of those characters in a series. Like eight episodes of this CG characters are a lead. I, I just don't know if I could see that happening. And I don't know if they would do that. Do you, do you think, Lacey, do you I, think they would go that far with it? I don't think they would, and I think people would have problems with it. I th It's got to be peppered in, right? It's just got to be like a complimentary thing. Especially because people like, you know, Carrie Fisher passed away. I, I don't see them doing that. I don't see them doing right. that in the next, like, 
I don't know the number. Like ten years. <laughs> Get back you know to I mean? me on the number. Yeah. <laughs> Get back because I don't know how fast technology is going to progress. I don't know how right. quickly we're we're getting there. Like in 2007, before the iPhone, we wouldn't have not. We would have said so many other things were just not possible. And then look at us. You know, ten or fifteen years later, and it's Paul like, Rudd, look oh, at us. everything's look changed. At us. Look, at <laughs> us. look at us. Look at us. But, but James, like, you know what I think the best way to use it would be, like Rogue One, for example. Uh, Doctor Evazan, uh, they could have mapped the actual guy from A New Hope's face and slapped it on that guy, and it would have been like, oh, that's that same guy, and he's on there for mm-hmm. ten seconds, but it makes it that much realer. Um, I think. They can apply those in little bits where it's so minute and not important and subtle that we don't even say like, oh my God, they deep fake that guy. It's just like, oh, there's that character. I just don't think they're going to want to go back and fix those things. I'm saying, I'm saying, I I don't mean fix. I'm just saying future, future, like Mm. using that as an example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If that comes up again in a similar situation, use the technology now versus to me, this this conversation is very similar to something like autonomous vehicles like right now you tell that to people and they go like oh that weirds me out it's going to be years before like we as people want to be in driverless cars that's weird and scary and it's going to be a while but once we see it so much and so much content it's going to become more normal to us and the prospect of like having a, a show where like a, a CG, a full CG character, and it happens to be like a young version of an actor or something like that, is not even gonna. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's already acceptable what we're doing right now. Like we're bringing back these characters who have died, and we're putting them in movies, and we're like, it's a yeah. little weird, but it's cool, and we like it. I think like ten years down the line, when we're all in uh, autonomous vehicles, you know, like we're gonna look <laughs> at this technology and we're gonna just be like okay with it and yeah sure whatever that's fine but the governor on that like the restrictor on that is storytelling like yeah you make autonomous cars and people are going to use them and that's the end of it that's it Mm -hmm. that's just it they're just going to use them where storytelling you know you still tell good stories and you know where's the balance between like oh we have this technology so let's just make a story with this character because we can recreate them versus no, I have the story first. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, sometimes I, I feel like I guess that's I just like, don't see it as any different than a book or or an animated series at this point. Well, it's like it's the, just like an animated series that looks so well drawn; it's indistinguishable oh, sure. from reality. You know, and it's like sure, but, it's all about the story. But this it's, is just it's a like um, conversation, like the shark movies that they make now, because they can make any type of CG shark. They're like, all right, yeah. this shark's gonna jump out of the water and now uh, eat that guy whole. Whereas back when they were making Jaws, they're like, this thing doesn't work, so we can only show a little bit of the shark, and it wound up being a, a better choice artistically because it made the movie scarier. Um, now that they have unlimited unlimited power, uh, <laughs> they can do anything they want, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing from a creative standpoint because you don't think of it, you know, um, creative ways to to execute story and that sort of thing. Is it too much power and, and that sort of thing? So I, I, I guess my thought on it is I love it. I... Oh, the Luke thing they just did was incredible. I can't believe it's happening. I want more of that. I just hope when it comes to like main characters and heroes that we love, it's in small doses. Um, and then use the technology for other smaller things that we may not even notice just to keep um, 
the suspension of disbelief and the continuity and that sort of stuff. And, you know, even like Lacey, what if they used it on, you know, I know you want the Java puppet, but what if they like were able to do a mix uh, sort of like they did on, like, what do you think of the huts on, on the book of Boba Fett? Like maybe they would do a mix puppet with Jabba's face mapped from return of the Jedi. Like, I don't know. <laughs> with Jabba's face. Why mapped? would you have to map yeah. his face though? <laughs> yeah. For, for animatics, because maybe they don't want to do the, the guy moving the tongue going. First of all, I thought the huts looked amazing in Book of Boba Fett. I thought they were really they great. I think they yeah. looked better than anything we saw in the prequels or on the Clone Wars or anything like that. Uh, well, <laughs> sure. Are you, well, I'm maybe just even the special Clone editions. Wars, right. But I'm, I'm thinking like even the animated Clone Wars, you'd think he'd look a little bit more detailed sometimes. And you're like, eh. Anyway. Clone Wars had some whack animation. Mm-hmm. Interesting choices, I would say. Not whack. Interesting choices. Um, I, I'm still going to be a fan of the puppet. I just love practical stuff. And I think that one of the things that makes movies like Star Wars or Jurassic Park or, you know, Goonies or anything like that, that stay timeless and classic is because they mix the practical with the CG. And I think that's one of the major successes of The Force Awakens and why it's my favorite Star Wars movie is because... You get that nostalgia, you get that fan service stuff, you get new exciting adventures, you get the music you love, but you also have so many practical elements mixed in with the CG, you know, space battles and flying Millennium Falcon through Jakku, which is one of the coolest sequences ever, uh, that kind of balance each other out. So while if they did do a CG Jabba like the Hudson Book of Boba Fett, of course I'd be happy to see Jabba again. I love Jabba, but... I would prefer the puppet because I do like practical stuff. Whereas in this instance, you can't really do a practical Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you have mm-hmm. to do CG. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, and I, 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 I hope to, I'd like to think that when it comes to main characters and that sort of stuff because i mean we only scratched the surface because they went they went big they did the biggest one of them all luke skywalker mm-hmm. like they didn't they didn't test it out start at the top mm-hmm. now we're here yeah uh, the deep fake they didn't they didn't test it out on someone lower first they they went with the the first main real deep fake they did was obviously luke skywalker here and i think i think most people li- liked it i know mm-hmm. there's people who like you know uh get you know you're you're hurting an actor's chance of getting the role like you said james but i think nepotism does a worse job of that in hollywood than one person being deep fake good point um i don't know i i just i'm a i just don't want it to be at that point where we kind of joked about it i think on the mando fan show where it's like oh hey luke and we're just like we're so desensitized that we're getting this luke i i want it to still feel like oh there's luke Right, and that's what I was saying. Is like, especially with those main characters, it's definitely about the story and and Leia's tricky, like you said. Far between, like, come on, let's keep it magical. Let's not make it so common that you just take it for granted. Right, and and, you know they did what they had to do with Leia for Rise of Skywalker, um, using existing footage of her. I don't know if they had the that they had the technology for deepfake to use them, but I think their choice was they just wanted to use stuff she actually did. Um, mm-hmm. but the question now, Lacey, you brought up a great point. She died like 2016, probably 
I doubt there was some sort of thing where she like signed like, yeah, you can use my, you know, no, her estate agreed to it for for Rise of Skywalker, but yeah. with new technology, mm. does that stuff legally transfer? And like, you know, then it becomes, do we want to see Leia recreated using the deepfake thing? And that, I think that may get get people a little more sensitive than. I don't think Lucasfilm because she's gone. Yeah, and I don't think Lucasfilm, especially with those characters, would do it without the actor's approval if they're alive. Exactly. So that's why I think. That's why I wonder if I don't think they're going to explore it too much Mm -hmm. anyway with, with um, Carrie. But it'll be interesting to see. I still think you guys are thinking in like the near future kind of thing, because the other the other aspect of this too is like, well, the future is here. It's happening. He's sure, saying but, though the topic is future, like future is not now. It would be five, yeah. ten, fifteen, so, so twenty one thing years. Is, sure. Is, sure. Is you guys are right, like when you're talking about like Lucasfilm probably would not do that right now with with Carrie Fisher and the the circumstance of it, but some other studio at some point is going to do it with another actor, like and, you said, like Tom Cruise or something. Yeah. And then once, well, no, I'm saying someone that's passed, like, and and sure. they're creating a full CG for. I mean, I guess we've kind of already done that, but my thing is like they bring once back Heath Ledger's Joker or something. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So it's like once that's done and people have had their wave of like, ooh, that's weird. I don't know about it. But then another studio does it and another studio does it and another studio does it. We're just going to move into that point where like, like, I don't know, man, you just look back at like the 50s or something and people have always naysayed all sorts of technology like, oh, now that there's green screen, how's that just going to change stories? You know, you could do anything you want. All these newfangled computers, as soon as they get good, like you're just going to be able to replace backgrounds and add elements that aren't even real things. And that's just going to like ruin film or something. The only difference here is ruin film. It's just a tool that people are using. I think is the only main difference between those examples. Like, Oh, you're using a green screen instead of filming an actual mountain. You're putting a picture of a mountain there. Oh, I don't know where it's like, you are replicating a person that was on this earth and they're no longer here. Or something but, that's a little different but jar jar was never here you know what i mean there's kind of thing that's I'm not talking I'm about saying. Jar-Jar. Like, i know but we're talking about like we're, is it believable and are these stories there when you're like when you're talking to an animated character and we have tons of movies now where it's just like uh like so and so is talking to sonic the hedgehog and they're like not even real characters and like we're making that the norm that a character can be yeah. Oh my God, not James. Someone. James, have like you seen Ghostbusters? I don't want to get into Ghostbusters because it's spoilery. I know, but it works so well in this conversation. Like exactly what you're saying. About, the movie came out like four months ago. Yeah, it came out in November. Okay, if you don't want to know what Ghostbusters, <laughs> skip ahead like three minutes. <laughs> There's a prime example, James, and I didn't even bring it up, which I should have, of someone that has passed away that they brought back. Yes. Zul. Gozer. Absolutely. Yes, he that, John. Shot down. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, we're in spoiler territory, and and that's fine. To me, you I God. liked what they did, but me too. I, it, but it was weird because, uh, I felt like I could tell that it wasn't up to par as far as the CG. And I knew he wasn't going to talk. That was the other thing. I did not know he was going to. He wasn't going to talk, but yeah. I thought it was very was strange that he didn't talk. And I, I was off put the, the whole time. It came across like, like they're trying something? to not talk. That's what it came across to me is he's trying not to, t- they're trying to like not let him talk because they couldn't do it. 
license his voice or they couldn't make it sound right or something. They couldn't make so it sound all right. these scenes were almost designed so that he didn't have to say anything. And I was like very aware of it. And it was like not working for me for that reason. I'm like, if he talked, I'd believe this. If he said like a, like, I I don't even know what movie I'm pulling from, but like a, Hey kiddo or something like that to his daughter and all that, like it would have hit harder. But it doesn't. It he just like stands there and smiles, and I'm like, they're but all Han saying to "Hey nothing. kid" to Ben Solo. No, I think I'm thinking of of Contact when like the alien is like her dad. Spoiler, dude. Shut up. No, John. I don't even think that's. But I think that's an example, James. <laughs> that he, that is in the territory of what you were just discussing. Is this is a person that has passed away? They brought him yeah. back for this movie, just like Carrie Fisher did, and I think yeah. Carrie Fisher is that. I'm sure they've done in other examples, but for me personally, Carrie Fisher is really the first one that really hit hard for me to see someone that had passed away on screen. Yeah. I think she kind of opened that door that now we're kind of seeing that people more and more are doing it. I'm sure and they saw that and, and were like, like, you know what? Maybe we can make this work. Yeah. And it's weird because like we're looking at Rise of Skywalker. We're not necessarily looking at like, um, yeah. like the Ghostbusters thing. Like he's he is a full CG character in that in that sense. But at what point could the technology move along far enough that they could have brought him back? Like if they wanted to tell like a young Bo- ghostbuster story or something, right? Like, right. We right, have right. all the actors but there. We know, can deep fake their faces from and stuff, 86 but or this something. This other yeah. person is not. So how are we going to angle that? Well, we'll just make them fully CG and they're just there the whole time. I you think know? it's, it, it's a case by case basis because ghostbusters is very familial it was the Reitmans. Jason uh, took the reins from his father who was involved. Ivan Reitman was the body double for Egon. He got into full Ghostbusters gear. Right, right, Stood right. there with the other three and did it. And now he passed on. Like, that's We're strictly crazy. talking about using the technology to bring someone back. And what is I, I that know, line of... The, I think the line is that sort of thing where it's like the Ramus family signed off on it because they knew right. it was being taken care of the right way by the Reitmans. Whereas, right. you know, if, you know, in 60 years or even another franchise that someone else just completely buys out and takes over and uses the IP, they might be like, this seems a little slimy to me. Well, the thing is, is like, it seems like in Hollywood nowadays, when we're doing this is with precious entities, like this person specifically had a stronghold on Hollywood or he's got a big fan base or something like that. This also is like, maybe there are less glorified actors who have passed that for whatever reason they want to reuse them because there's like some continuity there. Like, like a Brandon Lee, like if they brought him back to be like Mm. the, the real crow two or something, I don't know. And it's like, it could get weird, but like, he's not on the same pillar as like Carrie Fisher playing Princess Leia in Star Wars. You know? Right, and I think that's where that line is currently is that it's been okay for things to bring people back that are needed to tell the story and are paying homage to that person. Whereas I don't think the move of, hey, let's bring this person back just because they're awesome and like how cool would this movie be if we could do a whole movie with them even though they're dead. I think that's like a different, we're not there yet. Like you said, James, like we're not in those self-driving cars yet. Like we're not there. 
Yeah. You know what else is weird about this whole thing too is like we we are almost to this point now where like you're looking at ILM how how successful and crazy have they been for for decades right and right. then they hired this dude who's a deep faker like this is stuff he was doing on his home computer and it's like okay so we're also sidestep here what Lucasfilm and and Hollywood and all this other stuff is going to do are not people just going to do this are, are there, there not going to be are, fan yeah. films. Where yeah. they're just like, well, we're just going to hire someone, you know, and we'll replace their face in deep fake and it'll be new adventures of hair. And if fans can do it, then what, what it'd be like, well, I wish it wasn't a fan film. It was really cool. And I liked it. And I had a lot of fun with hearing mm-hmm. that Luke story. I wish just Lucasfilm would do it. Like do a movie, do a movie of that, yeah. you know, and it's right. going to become more acceptable to do that. Um, because you're also getting into this other weird thing too. We're like, remember, like, people wanted Alden to be played by like a deep fake Harrison and stuff. And like, there's all these other arguments of like, Oh yeah. And they put Harrison's face on him. Yeah. So-and-so was going to be in the role and then they got fired. And so they got replaced with this other person. But like, what would the movie have been like? Or like, for instance, like what would matrix have been like if Will Smith was it instead of Keanu Reeves, like computers and technology is moving fast enough. You best believe that at some point someone's going to make a Will Smith matrix. And we're going to be like, what? It's like the whole movie. It has all of Will Smith's <laughs> yeah. mannerisms and everything. It's just like, it's Was just... Will Smith supposed to be Neo. Yeah. Yeah. He turned it down to do wild, wild west. Oh, wild west. That's famous. right. That's right. It's a pretty that's famous right. thing, right. but Kevin I, Smith I talking about the spiders and Superman. And like, he's like, doubt... Oh, it ended up be wild west. <laughs> that yeah. some people are just so caught up on the what can we do what if worlds that they can just now create them and we're gonna get those alternate worlds where like put any actor you want as the lead in mission impossible boom it's done you know Mm -hmm. male female right uh, i think another another good measure for star wars will be if they do what i think they might do with alec guinness at the very end of obi-wan kenobi sure because he died in 1999 before this was even remotely a thing uh, I know his granddaughter had a small role in the rise of Skywalker. She's still connected to Lucasfilm in terms of that way. Um, but at the same time, you know, what, where's the line of likeness? Cause you know, in rebels, they absolutely recreated his likeness via animation and his voice. Steven Stanton did a dead on Alec Guinness impression. Is mm-hmm. that offensive to people or is it just his human face? So, yeah. uh, you know, if they do that, and bring back his Obi-Wan as a nod, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that is a nice tribute to someone who started the character that allowed, like if he didn't, if this wasn't a success Star Wars in 1977 with him leading the way as the most seasoned actor, Ewan McGregor never plays Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I think in that example, it would be a a nice thing to do where at the end, it's just one little epilogue where you see like Obi-Wan with his hood and he turns around and it's Alec Guinness's face. And then they say, you know, in memory of Alec Guinness and, and, and or, away you go. Or there you go. There's the job for the Morphe me guy. Like bring yeah. him in to do like that perfect submission. That one between shot. Both of their faces where you're like, I don't know who I'm looking at, but I see like both. both in that oh, a blend. Oh, well, yeah. 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 You're like, I would I like to see, see the one I shot of Alec see Guinness, Ewan, though, But man. I also very clearly see, and then you can almost, that can be the vision of, obi-wan kenobi because every time we think about the in-between or the disconnect there it's like Mm -hmm. we can always go back to this one scene where they perfectly got it mixed we're like i see both now 
I think you know you, if gonna... they did that well enough, you almost <clears throat> might be able to start to see Alec Guinness in in previous Ewan performances and Ewan in in like A New Hope. Like you could almost see it if you, if somebody facial, facial if somebody gave you said, the yeah. missing link and said, "Here's what they look like when their face is mixed," then you might be able to make those connections mentally. I feel like they're it's gonna crazy. do something like that though. Like you, it's gonna be the end of the series, and Ewan's gonna put his hood on, and then it'll be some sort of like flash, and they'll turn around, and it'll be like Alec Guinness's face. You've been saying this for like a year. I know. Yeah. I just I, I think he's be... throwing it out there into the void. <laughs> You're more of a void. I hope people are listening. <laughs> manifesting. They're, Wouldn't that be? Uh, cool? I don't mean like void, like people listening. I mean like void is in like wants and wishes. Yeah, the universe right. well, is in like there's people in the universe. I think but... I I think we scratched the surface. It's definitely something we'll revisit. Um, I mean we're, we're due for a a state of Star Wars. Maybe we'll do that next Thursday, but um, our winter edition, but. I, as they do more examples of this, we'll be able to expand upon the conversation. But at least we'll know, like, this is, was our starting point to talk about it. Because, you know, we had talked with Hal Hickel about it. And I guess this is my final thought on it. And he said, we, we talked about the moral aspect of it. And he said, we measured that and thought about it. And he's like, people are going to use this technology anyway. We're using it for art for good. So we decided to go forward with it. And I, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good enough answer for me. So I think we should um, end there. That's a good yeah. answer. I. I have um that that is the good thing, and I'm gonna bring up one thing that is kind of separate from this though. I I think Leia looks better than Tarkin. <laughs> that is what we had to do a He's poll. Been that's waiting the next this whole time. That's the next poll. He's been have waiting this whole I, time. I just He's felt waiting. bad because I said, "Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that," and I never actually got to get my point off. So if somebody was waiting to hear like my point, oh my on god, that, not even close. To me. And I'm I'm not necessarily talking about an individual person, but I'm saying probably a listener, like someone out there is this person. I think the reason people think Leia looks worse is because when you watch the original movies, you saw her a lot and you connected with her and everybody knew when she turned around, they were like, something's not right. And they're trying to put let's something say, on let's that. Let's say she looks off, not worse, because she doesn't look worse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, it it doesn't it doesn't look right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. to say there. I'm just but afraid people I, are like worse. I think no, she doesn't look worse. I think there's there's something there that people want to in their hearts say, "I see the difference. This isn't right, and I can tell." But like with Tarkin, people didn't have that connection, and a lot of people didn't even know that it was a fake character. So when they saw the movie, there was the other side of it, which is like, oh, I didn't even notice they did such a good job. But it's mm -hmm. like, I know I noticed and I knew that he was going <coughs> to be replaced. So I was examining them both on the same platform or on the same level. So right. I don't know. My, my thought and is like, somehow. I can tell that he was definitely cg but her thing is so quick and so short and it's only like one movement i feel like they nailed it but but you know you ask anybody on the street it's like i could tell it looked worse you know and i'm like i don't know man <laughs> i think you're just saying that <laughs> doing things next, for good here on next trb <laughs> yeah 
Um, all right. Well, that is it. We are on time here. Sometimes we like to do a little uh, bit of an open chat, but um, we will, for people who have been wondering, um, assuming celebration is happening, we will be talking a little bit more about celebration and more and more as we get closer because we know a lot of you enjoyed uh, Lacey's insight into celebration. Now, me and James are seasoned veterans of celebration, so we I'm can like talk so about our pumped. experiences. Yeah, so. I'm so pumped that now all three of us have been because before, it, like, I Get love it. answering people's questions and I love talking about celebration. Everyone knows that, like, I'm like the celebration person. Oh, I like, still need I you really to plan everything for me. So just so you understand that, I so. know I plan everything for these guys. I'm always like, guys, just don't. Here at this time, I'm like a cruise director. Just don't eat pizza while me and James are out hunting for. Uh, I didn't eat any pizza. That was the problem. That was the problem is that I didn't eat pizza. (laughs) Hopefully we don't have to go hunting for cables anyway. But um, all right. So thank you to everybody who has been listening and watching uh, this episode. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for being a part of TRB. You guys are the best. Uh, Keep spreading the word. We've been seeing a lot of growth on a lot of our audio platforms. So I appreciate you spreading the word. It really means a lot. So you know, don't say, ah, oh, someone else will spread the word. No, we need you to. You right there. Please <laughs> copy the link, send it to a friend who likes Star Wars because this is the year of Star Wars. Join with your friends because talking about Star Wars and listening to podcasts and to talk about those with your friends is better than just flying solo. Um, but uh, make sure you are subscribed to the show on all your preferred platforms and uh, youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. Also, StarWarsNewsnet.com. Go there for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials information and more you'll find me there writing and editing and you'll also find me on twitter at johnny hoey and my movie podcast just like the movies we recently just put out an episode on tuesday on speed speaking of uh, keanu reeves um lacy how about you people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin james same two places twitter and instagram but me is at myra trunks (laughs) all right we hope everyone has a great weekend What's what's that? We it's February over yet? Almost. Almost. Uh, Monday. Next Monday. Monday? Is the end of February. Oh yes. Okay. So we're heading we're heading towards spring soon. But <laughs> uh we hope you have a great weekend and we'll see everybody Monday morning with another episode right here on TRB. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>